0: Welcome to Shoot This Now, the podcast where every week we talk about stories that should be made into movies. This week, if you're hearing some atmosphere in the background, it's because I'm coming to you live from a JetBlue laboratory on a plane that has been grounded um, because there's a dent in the nose cone or something. And so we're just sitting here at LAX for a long time. Um, This is the second flight I've been on in my life with LL Cool J, uh, who happened to be up in the mint section. And this is the second time I have witnessed LL Cool J being extremely cool, get it, to a person who asked him for a photo. In fact, once I saw him pose for like 50 photos, when, I, when people ask me who the nice celebrities are who I've gotten to meet, I have to mention Jeff Bridges, who was our guest last week, who was super nice. I always mention Brian Cranston. And you know, I have to also add LL Cool J to that list because this experience on this not very pleasant grounding it's not a flight yet. Uh, really, really told me what a nice guy he is. Um, this week, I was excited to talk with Tom Arnold because his new Viceland show, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, has a great segment where there's a producer named Kristina Gorolevich. I hope I'm saying that right. Gorolevich, maybe. goes back to her home country, Belarus, in search of the infamous Golden Showers Trump video that has never been proven to actually exist. She does it potentially great personal peril, including to her immigration status, and it would make a great movie. But we barely got to that because this interview with Tom Arnold is an interview with Tom Arnold. And it is, to be honest, sort of a frustrating interview, as I think you hear in my uh, voice, because he offers a lot of accusations and zero evidence, and I spend a lot of time trying to get him to back up what he's saying without success. I have a friend who describes... Tom Arnold and others, uh, kind of in his realm as examples of you're not helping, um, because it's so convenient for Trump defenders to point to Tom's unsuccessful reporting to impugn all of the very good reporting about Trump. But I appreciate that Tom refers to great reporters like Jane Mayer as real reporters. Um, Jane Mayer is one of the many real reporters who turns up on his show, uh, I don't love the idea of giving a platform to people who make accusations that they can't back up, whatever their political beliefs. Uh, So this has been kind of a tricky episode. Trump has done that himself, making accusations that are completely unproven. And so some people think, okay, let's fight fire with fire. Um, But I'm honestly uncomfortable with that idea because someday, long after Trump is gone, our new diminished standards of accuracy will remain and will make us all collectively less informed, whomever the president is. There are two things I say to reporters in my role as an editor at the RAP, and one is that we don't report rumors. If something is something that everyone knows, it should be really easy to get multiple people to share that information in an official capacity, and if it isn't solid enough to meet that standard, we shouldn't run it. The other thing I say is if you're going to hit the king, you need to kill the king. The king being the subject you're reporting on, not necessarily a specific human being. When you swing and miss, you look weak and the king looks stronger, and I think, honestly, that the kind of innuendo-driven, comical coverage that Arnold is doing on The Hunt for the Trump tapes is very much missing the king. For a lot of people, including me, that means The Hunt for the Trump tapes is for entertainment purposes only. He says he's seen some things, but he can't prove them. Arnold himself describes The Hunt for the Trump tapes as all president's men meets Kerber enthusiasm, and that's a very good lane for him. The fact that he knows a lot of people Trump knows, and Trump himself, is a commentary in itself about what a freak show moment we're in, like the entire country is in a super engrossing episode of The Howard Stern Show in 2003. A lot of people would like to ignore Tom Arnold and the porn stars and all the other surprising characters who keep turning up, but you can't because the President of the United States invited them into his life and into all of our lives. All this is a long way of saying, I wanted to hear Tom out for a few reasons. First, I actually enjoy his show. It made me laugh. 2nd I wanted to give him every opportunity to prove the things he says, which he unfortunately did not do. And three, I really think the Christina Goralevich story would be a cool feature film. Uh, Tom's superpower in all of this, the thing that makes him qualified to be involved, uniquely qualified to be involved, is that he knows such a wide range of people, from Mark Burnett to Arnold Schwarzenegger to Trump himself. He could be the perfect person to dig up some crucial piece of information, even though there's no indication that he has. For example... He makes strong insinuations about Trump and an elevator tape. And though I pushed him very hard on details, he couldn't provide really any. So I cut a lot from that segment, and I will drop in and let you know when I've done that. I also edited out a lot of monologuing about Russia and the space station and all sorts of other things that just kind of went on a bit. Um, And I re-recorded and double-tracked my voice in places where the audio isn't great because Tom was much better than I was. Uh, which is a huge disadvantage because he already has the advantage of talking nonstop. Finally, I reached out to several people for comment who are mentioned to let them give their perspectives on what he said. The White House, surprise, surprise, did not answer me. I guess they have other stuff going on. But Trump himself has said on Twitter that there is no apprentice tape of him saying the N-word. Former NBC executive Chuck LaBella has not responded to my attempts to reach him for comment. Mark Burnett declined to comment but here's a statement MGM has made in the past quote Mark Burnett does not own the apprentice or its footage MGM studios owns the apprentice and all its materials, including all footage. Mr. Burnett is an employee of MGM and does not personally have the right to release unused footage from the apprentice. While MGM owns all footage, various contractual and legal requirements also restrict MGM's ability to release such material. Burnett, by the way, is the chairman of MGM worldwide television group. So, with all that said, our longest intro yet, wow, here's Tom Arnold. We start off with me asking what his show is all about, and then he talks pretty much nonstop. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, the show is called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, and, and what it is is, you know, I started uh, my uh, a thing uh, with Donald Trump, who I've known for 30 years, and uh, it's the first time I've ever known someone that's become president for 30 years. And, and, uh, and the first time I've ever been to the Playboy Mansion with someone that's become president. And uh, I used to say I wasn't the creepy guy, but then I realized I went to the Playboy Mansion with a guy and we went to see his girlfriend and he was married at the time and I went with him. So I'm, I'm also a creepy guy. I'm just not the creepiest guy, but I am a creepy guy because what kind of a guy goes to the Playboy Mansion with his buddy knowing he's married to visit his girlfriend. So I'm also a creepy guy. So I'm also complicit in all this stuff because he used to come on my sports show, Dallas Shop, and, and he would say, I'm here uh, out, of, out of respect for Tom Arnold because he's my buddy. And that always made me feel good, you know. Uh, I think that the thing about this show is, is that, uh, you know, looking back, going back down to Fox and looking at the footage of the first time he came on the Best Dad Sports Show, now, in hindsight, I had seen when he sat down, the first thing he said is, look at that over there. And, uh, and it's four 15-year-old girls sitting in the front row. And, and it didn't click at the time. And then and then he was promoting The Apprentice. And I said, hey, which one of the guys on the cast here is going to win The Apprentice? He said, oh, John Sally, because he's black and he has every advantage in the world. And now, looking back, you know, it's not 2004, but it, it, it's different. And it, there's something about it. You know, and so we, we went on. I went to the Elton John uh, Pediatric AIDS uh, uh, Oscar party with, with him and Melania and me and my uh, wife at the time. And, and so, you know, it, it was that kind of relationship. It was whatever. And, and he would call my house. He and Mark Burnett and asked me to be on The Apprentice. And The Apprentice, let me explain. It was a show that's so bad I didn't go on it. No, I've gone on everything. I've, go, I've taken every crappy thing. You can look it up. But it was so bad that I said No. And I also said to Mark Burnett at the time, I'm afraid to go on there because I, I'm, I've got an odd personality and I will punch Donald Trump in the face because I know I get agitated being around that close quarters with celebrities. And that's what they do, they agitate you. And more power to them, that's a fun thing to watch. But I knew I would physically fight the guy. That's, you know So I would say no. And then in 2011 or so, he started this Bertha thing where he came on TV and he said that the, the first black president, Barack Obama, wasn't born here. And, and that bothered me personally because Barack Obama, uh, his, his family's from Kansas, a small farming town. I'm from a small farming town called Atomua, Iowa. And, and I always connected to Barack Obama because our grandfathers looked exactly the same. And I grew up, if you grew up in a small farming town, and I didn't have a mother growing up. So and Barack Obama was black. And so if your family's different in any way in a small farming town, you'll get picked on. So, and I knew that his grandpa had to defend him growing up, and same with mine. And so when I saw Donald Trump on TV, I thought, well, you know what? His grandpa's going to shut Donald Trump down. And then I realized, oh, no, his grandpa's dead. And his mom was also dead. So there's nobody to go on TV and defend Barack Obama and say, hey, shut up, man. Our, my kid was born, you know. And so I, I, said, I called Mark Manette. and go, what are you doing about this? Because he's hosting the show. He's hosting The Apprentice still. And it was outrageous. And nobody did anything. And nobody NBC did anything. And they just let this guy go on and say this horrible, Racist thing, and it was terrible, and everybody just let it go on. And, and so, that was kind of sub, I'm not a uh, you know, but that was subconsciously a big deal to me. So, 2013, my buddies go with him to the Moscow for the Miss Universe contest because they're the same friends. You know, there's an the overlap. There's people that work on the best dance sports show that worked on The Apprentice, there's people, my friends, that worked on the, the Miss Universe. So, there's a lot of overlap. And the fact there's so much overlap in Tom Arnold's life and Donald Trump's life, who gave the president is a problem. <laughs> that tells you right there he should not be the president. So they go... It tells you you should be the president. No, I should absolutely not be the president. So they have a great time and they tell me about the 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 hooker party and they tell me about that stuff. And it, it still, he's not going to be the president. So I go to, to uh, Moscow to film a movie in 2015. I stay at the Ritz-Carlton. That's where I live. And the guy that finances my movie is the guy that threw the hooker party for Donald Trump. And so he's like, hey, do you want to have a party like that? And I say, absolutely not. I I do many things, many, many, many bad things. I'm a recovering drug addict, and alcoholic. I'm a crazy person, but I don't do that. And I know I'm being filled there. And by the way, everybody that's there is being filmed. I'm so sure there's film of me taking a dump and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so I, don't, I assume he's never going to be the president right but in 2016 the the, uh, the access hollywood tape comes out and that, that seems like that's the end of this thing and by the way the the my friends that worked on the apprentice for 15 years they they have to edit him down they film a full day at trump tower the boardroom set it's a set and 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 what they do is they edit it that, that that 12-hour day down to 20 minutes which is what they show on television you know, because he's incompetent. He doesn't know what's going on. He's racist. He says the N-word. He says, he says you're fuckable. Right into camera to the to the camera operators. And they're like, whoa. And four times during that, my friends, the executive producer, they had to pull him out. The producers have producer's meeting. Whoa. Well, you can't sexually harass the women here. I mean, it's written up. Mark Burnett knows all this 100%. He's running the show. They've had to pull him out of there. Mark Burnett is literally... One of his best friends in the world. He still talks to him to this day, three times a week. So anyway, they've had to edit this guy down. Anyway, they sell that Donald Trump to a town Iowa, where I'm from, and that's his base. My family all voted for Donald Trump except one, and they're like, "This guy's a genius. He's the deal maker." And they elect, they end up electing this guy. The whole time, I'm like, "You got to show that the the real Donald. You got to show a day on the show after the Apprentice thing faltered. You got to show the real guy." And, and 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 there's by the way I've seen a compilation tape that my buddy shared where he says the Edward and he says he calls Eric uh, the uh, uh, the R word you know it's a, you know we share all these tapes with me and my buddies because they're hilarious and and when we share them out, on every host by the way, including myself except we don't think we're going to be the president so when when that comes out I speak publicly in October 2016 I said I've seen him say the Edward and this other stuff and then people are like well you got to. You got to find that. So I called my buddy. He said you got to resend me this, this tape. And they're like, Oh my God, we're we're going to be murdered by Donald Trump people. Uh, and I've got a, a five million dollar NDA from uh, Mark Burnett Productions right now because I still work there. Well, I said, Well, okay. I'll tell you what. I will. I'll call Mark Burnett. I'll go. I'll go see him and have him let me rebuild that. So I go to Mark Burnett's face. I go, buddy. You got to let me put that tape back together to show America what this guy's really like. And he's like. Hey, nothing could be worse than grabbing by the pussy. Uh, You know, so Donald Trump wants to tape two, Tom. And uh, he's having Michael Cohen call me. I'm not giving it to him. I'm not giving it to you. He's going to settle down. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. Um... And and, and, and I keep doing it, keep doing it. He doesn't settle down. I'm going crazy on Twitter. And then Viceland sees that. And they come to me one day in in March. They say, hey, do you want to do a TV show? I say, well, yeah, because I'm going to keep doing this thing. Anyway, and by now I've got a few other real journalists that I'm uh, working with. I say, sure, I'd love to do a TV show. Yeah. And that's what we're doing, a TV show. You know, I'm going to keep do- I'm doing what I'm doing. And I've got a, a Vice Lad's nice enough to, to help me out with some producers and cameras and beautiful aesthetics. Yeah. But, you know, my, my, I'm doing what I began to do, which is uh, getting him to resign. Okay, so some follow-up questions. Who in Trump's
0: orbit in 2013 in Moscow said that they'd had a party with prostitutes and urination
1: in Who, the vet. Well, if you look at the list of people that went with him for the Miss Universe contest, right. just look at the, the list of the people from NBC. Yeah. For instance, the talent people. I, and I think I've I publicly said the list of people. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, that... That's the people that were sitting in the room, you know. I think Chuck LaBella was in. And I'm not speaking for that Chuck. Uh, you're asking a specific question about who? Who spoke to you? Well, Chuck LaBella was sitting was sitting with him. Chuck LaBella is the talent, uh, the Miss Universe talent guy. That's with with Trump, and he he loves Donald Trump, and and he. Went with Donald the Trumps there and he's the guy who reported back to all of us about how awesome it was and about the, the speakerphone call from the Putin's and all the exciting stuff that happened and, and why, why do you interview him too I think that'd be a pro oh by the way Chuck Ebel got very upset that I talked about it and we got I got a letter from Michael Cohen which is now preserved forever uh, and, and it sort of started this catalyst of this stuff it was the first legal threat I got from Trump I've gotten many and that turned into a sort of a Keith Davidson legal threat, which we ignored.
0: So, so, did it- so, are you saying NBC executive Chuck LaBella told you that they had a golden showers party?
1: Uh, did he tell me that Trump had had a golden shower party? Uh, why don't you talk to him? What don't you talk to What don't you call him?
0: But I'm asking you what you saw or heard firsthand.
1: No, no, we, no, you can ask anybody anything you want. You have the... But, can, but uh, you're here now. No, uh, yeah, no, he was there with him. And, and I thought the most interesting thing was that Putin had, had called and was e- encouraging him to run for president. Not only that it was congratulating him on the uh, Moscow Trump Tower yeah. and saying, hey, you should be president and we will support you any way we can. I thought in 2016, November of 2016, that seemed like a pretty interesting conversation to have with Donald Trump. Perhaps the most interesting. And, and uh, I know that the salaciousness of the the, the PP tape. That's a, this is a separate conversation it yeah. had during the day. Now, uh, the PP tape, which happened afterwards, was after with, uh, with with allegedly after Keith Schiller left the room at uh, uh, ten o'clock after the. Hookers arrived. Uh, if you see my show, you'll see I said a producer to interview yeah. hookers, mm-hmm. and if, if you if you follow up, you'll see there's one madam in Moscow, mm-hmm. one high end madam. Uh, I talk to her. I recommend. Um, there's two separate things. There's, there's Putin calling, which is a big deal mm-hmm. on a speakerphone, and uh, and and. Anybody reaching out from Putin to say, hey, you should be the president. I'm not saying Trump is a genius mastermind. I'm just saying that if I were hypothetical Robert Mueller, I I would say you're going to look back on that moment and go, that's a big moment. Now, the PB tape, again, from day one, Trump said, and you know, I also was privy, once you say you've got an apprentice outtakes thing, people start calling you and go, hey, have you heard about the Blondie elevator tape? I go, no, tell me about that. Have you heard about the steel dossier? Let me send you this. Yeah. So the great thing, the thing about my show is once I mentioned I had seen this, other people start saying, have you seen this? And so I started keeping files of all the different things that people were looking for, and that eventually became the show. So, the Steele dossier. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the first thing Trump said on day one when we took office is that cannot be true because I'm a germaphobe. Right. That, that, as if, uh, as if they had peed on him, and, it, and to be very clear, it, it's Donald Trump has raw dogged a bunch of porn stars. That's a fact. Right. Right. How, he's not a germaphobe.
0: Right. Does that add up? Well, there's nothing to say he would be in the actual video either. I mean, he might just be watching it if this happened, but.
1: Yeah, he probably is. What's,
0: what makes me crazy about this, can you just say who told you about
1: this? No, no, I say, no, what I'm saying to you is, what do you want to know again?
0: Who, to, who told you in 2013 when you were in Moscow, hey, guess what they did?
1: No, I was in Moscow in 2015.
0: 2015, okay. Who told you back in 2015 before he was president that he made this tape?
1: Hold on, I didn't say he made a tape.
0: The golden shower's tape.
1: I didn't say he made a golden shower tape. I said, I believe there is... A gold I don't think he made it. I said everything in that hotel is is filmed. You know? Do you know how close that hotel is to the the uh, FSB headquarters? Have you ever been there? No. Oh my God! And you know how those rooms are literally set up with the fake the ceiling that comes out. Do you know how? in those suites, how they literally, the ceilings are set up.
0: Yeah, let's say the room is booked. You know
1: Obama had to crawl into a thing that looked like a giant pickle, for real, to make a phone call? That, when he goes there, the President of the United States has to crawl into this cylinder thing, scoot into it to make a phone call. That's the President of the United States, in that hotel.
0: So when you were in, Mo- you were in Moscow, you were
1: told that there was a party with Trump and prostitutes around the pageant, right? Have you read David Korn and Michael Isikoff's book? No. That's what you need to do. They're on my show. Right, but... No, 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 no. Stop right now. I'm just saying that's what you need to do. Do the research there. I will do that. Okay, do that. Do that. Do that. That. And you watch the episode of my show where I take Jane Mayer. I love that episode. Do you love Jane Mayer? Okay. Watch that. Watch that. Okay. And, okay.
0: But for people listening to this...
1: No, no. Here's what... This is a red herring. Okay. Here's what we got to do. My whole thing is getting Donald Trump to reside. Now, uh, right now, there's a lot of people that are pretending that he's not incompetent. And I, I think you. what you're thinking, you're, you're, uh, uh, what is your thought that, that, that you want me to explain? Uh, you want me to... Well, I'm a reporter. I can call people on the phone. If I
0: had the name of the person
1: who told you this... Let me ask this. Have you ever called Mark Burnett and said to him, why can't we see... One day of the Trump outtakes, or why can't we see all the Trump outtakes? Have you ever called him? A lot of people have, yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you where they are right now. The whole They cannot erase them. There is a salt mine in Hutchinson, Kansas, where MGM has every property. It's their vault. They cannot erase them because it, it, it is a game show. Every time the producer talks to the host of that show, they legally have to keep it. Can you say
0: what happened with you and Mark Burnett at the Emmys party? Because people think that is a publicity stunt.
1: It was not a publicity stunt by me. I, had, I didn't even know I was going to it. Uh, Brian uh, um, uh, Fogel, who my, at the last minute asked me to go. Brian won the Oscar this year for Icarus, a documentary. I didn't even know I was going. Viceland, the president of Iceland, wrote a memo of, hey, make sure Tom doesn't go to any of the Emmy parties. We don't want to poke in the bear for our other shows. We don't want to offend the TV Academy, Because when you do a show like this, even the good people that aren't Trump supporters don't want you around because they're too nervous. Because I'm doing this show. It's not just a show. This is what I mean. I have a five-and-a-half-year-old son and a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I'm, not, I'm 59. So the best thing I can do is what I'm doing right now and stand up to all these guys. I don't have a job after this. I don't have money. It's, I'm putting everything on the line. I've, been, I've had a thousand death threats. I've, they've been threatened to be sued. He choked me. I didn't see it coming, but he was special forces. He tried to block the party. I just tried. I didn't say a word to it. I didn't see it coming, and he and he wrapped his fingers around my esophagus, tried to choke me out, squeeze my, and and I have a paralyzed vocal cord, and I didn't see it. I almost fell backwards down the stairs. I didn't get to the top of the stairs, and it was dark. and his And his friends are like, "Oh my God, you're choking him!" And they as they pulled me us apart, I pulled me to the top of the stairs, and then I got by some lake thought of and ripped his Jesus chain off in of his shirt. I was like, oh my god, you fucking crazy bastard. You ripped a crucifix off his neck? Yes, his Jesus gold chain in his picture. But to think he could do that, that these guys think, this Trump guys think they're so fucking entitled that he could stand at the top of these stairs just because he's powerful and rich and stop me because he doesn't like my show. He doesn't like that I'm not stopping and I'm staying on him and I'm calling him out. And then his wife tweets a bullshit picture of a fake bruise it says, I abused her, I and it, it's bullshit.
0: If you can answer these two questions, I promise I will follow up on these two things. The first is, who told you that there was a party with Trump in Moscow with prostitutes? And secondly, who first provided you with or told you about the tape from The Apprentice of him saying the R-word and N-word and other things you say he said?
1: I'm not going to tell you who probably the tape, because that would be... I just said they've had death threats in their... But I will say they're still working there. Okay. They have big, huge deals. At NBC? Would you, let me ask you this. Would you burn a source? I will tell you this. Before I walked into that party, yeah. where the last person I talked to was Rod Farrow. Yeah. And the first person I talked to after he choked me with the LPD on the way yeah. was Ronan Farrow. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. And, and I got a tape, well, listen to me, I got a tape, <laughs> a Trump tape from Trump Tower yeah. during The Apprentice. On Thursday, yeah, the Thursday before he choked me, and I made it clear to him that I had it before this, and maybe that's why he was upset, and I got
0: it. Did that tape involve a lawyer in Beverly Hills? I remember hearing that there was a lawyer in possession of this tape, and I was actually trying to get this tape myself, if if it existed. Something happening with Trump in an elevator in Trump Tower.
1: That tape sounds familiar. I do... uh, uh,
0: you're saying you have that tape. There's kind of a legendary tape of him doing something in Trump tower. I don't know if it's real or not. You're saying you have that tape. You're just looking at me.
1: You know, I, uh, we do an episode about that tape too. Wow. Okay. I have tried to get that tape. Have you ever been at her office? No. I have. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's weird because she doesn't seem like, she's not the kind of lawyer you think you'd go to because she's like, a a, uh, uh, like if you wrote a song Mm -hmm. and want to register it, intellectual property lawyer is the guy. And it didn't feel like she's a very nice person, Mm -hmm. very nice person. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, I went up there, uh, (laughs) but you figure out where it came from when you're up there. The personal connection.
0: Interesting. Who's the other person in the elevator with Trump? For the listeners, you're just, you're looking at me again.
1: Well, you know, why, why don't you tell me your story for change? I've been told that it involves
0: him and Melania. Yeah. That's accurate? There's no one else in the video?
1: It, belongs, it involves him and Melania. You know, it's funny, because I got choked, and I, so I could feel, I feel for Melania.
0: That's an interesting transition. Are you saying there's an elevator tape of her being choked? What do you think What do you, what do what you hear? Hello, listener, this is Tim. Um, I'm interjecting at this part because at this point, Tom and I had a lengthy back and forth where I tried to get him to explain what he believed was on this tape. We talked about some rumors that have floated around, but they're only rumors and there's nothing substantiating them that I've ever seen. So I think it would be kind of weird to put them out on the podcast. But anyway, he then mentioned something about Melania, which is this.
1: Yeah, she follows Ronan Farrow or he follows her on Twitter. You think
0: Melania and Ronan Farrow are in touch?
1: Oh, I don't know. That'd be funny, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these guys do. I'm big fans of... I have fans of journalists that wrote it, and Jane Mayer, and David Cord, and this, I'm fans of them. I, that's one good thing. There's so many great... Uh, Michael Rothfeld uh, the Wall Street Journal is doing great work. There's all these great people that do incredible work. That's the thing I've learned over the last two years.
0: One of the great things about the show is that you're interviewing the likes of Jane Mayer alongside the guy in the bunny suit.
1: That dude was real. And we didn't show this, but when he showed his arm, yeah. you know, you could tell he wasn't, you could tell his nationality or his, uh, <laughs> we had to cut that out. I just said it on the show. I want
0: to follow up because I want to make sure I'm understanding this. It sounds like you're saying you have a tape
1: in hand. I didn't say that. You said that. Have you I have a tape. I got a, a Trump tape from, they are shooting The Apprentice at Trump Tower. Trump appears to be pretty well biked up. There are lawyers. There's a lot going. There is an elevator. There is an elevator. There's an elevator scene. tape that you've seen. There is an elevator. I mean, it's going it, gonna, gonna to leave it right there. And uh, I'm going to leave it right there.
0: What people are going to say is prove it.
1: I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say at all. You know what? That's the thing. I genuinely don't care. It helps a lot. It helps. I didn't say I had the elevator tape. You said that. I, I think there is probably did an You saw it on Thursday, the Thursday before the Emmys. I did get a, a tape the Thursday before the
0: Emmys. Proving the existence of an elevator tape would be huge, massive, major news.
1: I tweeted a couple of pieces of it, and then somebody's like, you probably should, you know. But I gave it to a real journalist. Okay. Because uh, but here's the thing, too. My people on my show, I didn't even tell Vice Lad that this guy was coming because they'd be like, oh my God, legally we can't. How did he get. How did he get in Trump Tower, and how did he tape that, and what's going on, and is that legal? The, the whole time of the show, it's been me and the people over here, yeah. legal department. They can't, you can't legally, you know, they're like, did, did you tape a phone call with Mark Burnett and put it on the Internet? Put it on to Tweet it? That's, deli- that's a wiretapping, that's a federal offense. So I go, no, I faked that. That's a fake call. They're like, oh, my God, you can't do, so it's been me battling this. You can't, so if I got the PB tape today, I couldn't put it on my show. I would have to give it to David Korn. Now, David Cord, he had something called the 47% tape of Mitt Romney speaking at this thing, which really affected the election. It helped. Do you know who recorded the 47% tape? It was apparently someone who was working at the event where Mitt Romney said that. But you don't know their name? No. That's no. right, because David Korn protected them. Mm-hmm. And that's why... But it came out. The tape itself is the proof that he said it. Of course. But you know, he protected his source, because he's a legitimate journalist. Right, but he did provide
0: the information. How about getting the tape out there? I mean, you could send it via the Signal app
1: to any number of reporters who have it on their phones. What makes you think I didn't do that? What, you saw the people on my show. What makes you think I haven't done that?
0: Great. <laughs> so you, do you think that there's news coming soon regarding the alleged elevator tape?
1: Is that all, the, is that all you want, the elevator tape? I want him to reside. One
0: last thing, because your team is saying that you have to wrap it up and go to the next thing. Um, there's an episode of your show where one of your producers, Christina, I believe her name is, goes to Belarus to try to track down one of the tapes. I thought that was really compelling, really fantastic. She's going back to her home country um, at considerable risk to herself. That would be a really good movie. How about it?
1: Well, I liked that episode because she I, was, I learned she was going to Belarus literally as we are shooting the show. And I was like are you serious because i've had there just uh, two people that i worked with that worked for me that went one went to canada and couldn't get back in because uh, and she was had every everything she was just about to become a citizen and, and suddenly the the immigration guy looked at her and checked and i always think oh it was because she works for tom arnold so i was scared for her because genuinely this young lady who is from belarus and done everything right legally you know someone could check and she couldn't get back in like that, that and it's also scary Traveling to Belarus anyway, so I was scared for her. I, I I was like, wait a minute, is Vice even? Do they even care about you? Or are they doing it for the stupid show? So the fact she wanted to go, but I could also tell she was scared. And you saw what it's like over there. And her reporting was great. She did a, a great job. I'm very proud of her. But again, I'm seeing where she's from. She did go. The the KGB is in the building with all this other stuff. That was real, and. I have no idea what people want, why Donald Trump thinks it's such a great place over there, because even the good buildings, are, there's no people. There's something wrong. Those communist places, I don't know why they want to take us back. The NRA and these other places that suck up to these guys, there's no women working in there. There's no life. They, they, just because they don't have to have building codes and they don't have to have clean water and, and, and you know, there's no black people anywhere, that's what they love. They're like, oh, that is the perfect world you know, but it is sad, and that's why she came here, that young lady came here to be in America and have this life, and and that's why, that's another reason we're doing this show, but she, she was very brave, thank you for saying you liked it, produced a Jane Mayer piece too, and I said to Jane Mayer, Jane Mayer spent extra time with her, talking to her, and that, that was very important to me when we went to Washington, D.C. Because up till that, then that young lady had only done reality shows. And I said, This show is different. This is a big deal you're going there, and I want you to remember this. And, 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 and I told her, You know, you've done this amazing thing you've done, and you should do more stuff like this, because this isn't a bullshit reality show, no matter what these assholes think. Thank you.